I'm Jennifer Isabella. And I'm Abhijit Sunil. Your co-host for Forrester's podcast, What It Means, where we explore the major changes in the market influencing executive priorities. Today, we're joined by Akamai's Vinay Kanakur and Mike Matera to discuss how the firm connects its sustainability efforts to innovation. Welcome both. Hi, Jen. Hi, Abhijit. It's great to be here today. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me. So let's kick off by getting some introductions from both of you and perhaps describe your roles at Akamai. Sure. So so this is Vinay. Let me go first. Uh, So I run the platform and product architecture team at Akamai today. And our main focus is how Akamai's platform evolves with the internet, how we make it more efficient, how we make it scale, uh, which is, you know, and how we keep it performing at that scale. And all of these things matter because people rely on the internet for everything now. And it's not like the old days when if it didn't work, it was fine. Uh, we kind of expect the internet to work now. And so so that's, that's what me and my teams look at on a daily basis. Yeah, and, and I, I'm Mike Matera. I'm the Director of Corporate Sustainability for Akamai. Uh, I deal with um, um, all of the renewable energy efforts um, and the uh, work with Vinay very, very closely on the efficiency side. Uh, I also work on the carbon emissions reduction efforts uh, and all of the corporate-wide uh, reporting efforts related to ESG today. Um, these have become uh, critically important, um, I think, for our for our customers and our and our and our stakeholders. But, but we're also starting to see this more more broadly now from an industry per, perspective that the consumers of our of our stakeholders um, are also very uh, interested in our environmental story as well. Um, so I I spend a lot of my my my, my time dealing with the platform data. Uh, and looking at opportunities where um, Akamai can uh, intersect the environmental story uh, into our overall um, um, goals and objectives. Yeah, so let's dive into that a little more. Could you provide us with an overview of sustainability at Akamai and specifically why it's important to the company? Sure, yeah. So so we just came out with our um, very big, big goals for, for 20, 2030, especially with the distributed nature of the platform that, that we have today. Uh, we're in over 4,200 lo- lo- locations globally. So uh, we have a, an interesting um, uh, problem to get a software on our, on our network uh, from an uh, energy usage per, per, per perspective, but also getting uh, the renewable energy to, to some of these, 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 these areas. Um, so, so we set a goal for uh, 100% renewable energy by, by 2030 uh, and a zero carbon um, platform by, by 2030 as well. Uh, we thought that there were some opportunities where, um, you know, had some good intersect there, not only from uh, what we believe that we could do as a business, but also understanding how we could really kind of elevate um, what we were trying to do as a brand. Um, in addition, we have um, some pretty uh, ambitious uh, supply chain goals and uh, e-waste goals as well uh, that, that also have um, uh, a significant impact, um, I think, on our total operation. Uh, when we look at the life cycle and the overall um, approach from a circularity per, per perspective. And then finally, um, we have a 50% uh, efficiency goal. Uh, on top of the efficiency goal that we already achieved in our, in our, in our 2020 goals, uh, to, to reduce uh, and make the Akamai uh, network 
um, more efficient by 50% by, by 20, 2030. Definitely some ambitious targets for, for, for 20, 2030. Is it fair to say this has been increasingly important for customers? Are you hearing more from customers in RFPs that sustainability is a decision criteria for partnership or a relationship? Yes, I think we absolutely are. I mean, in, in much the same way that Mike talked about us looking at our own supply chain and our vendors and bringing them forward in terms of sustainability, uh, we are a supplier for, you know, five, 6,000 internet businesses and enterprises around the world. And, and many of them are looking at sustainability goals, even existing sustainability and efficiency targets to, to make their choices of, of vendors for uh, content delivery and security services. So we spend a lot of time, and Mike spends most of it actually, in talking to customers about uh, the work we are doing at Akamai and how we are sort of looking forward towards, towards these ambitious goals that he mentioned just a minute ago. Yeah, to kind of add on to what Vanessa said there as well, I think, you know, thinking about the uh, amount of the requests that that we have coming in, it's 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 becoming more of, um, of of table stakes, I believe, in the RFPs as well, right? You're 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 starting to see questions that are more ingrained into the overall business, stuff that's not just uh, mainly focused on on carbon emissions targets, but what's your overall strategy? How are you approaching it? Um, and you understand that there's kind of a a greater issue here that that we're that we're trying that is solve 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 for. So. Customers are trying to get that um, overall thought leadership approach now in the RFP that wasn't necessarily there in the past. That's great. Um, something that was very interesting was the connection you made earlier about with sustainability and uh, being more efficient. And in some ways, uh, people might not make the connection readily between sustainability and innovation, but we talked at the time about how important it is and they feed into each other. How do you see optimization and innovation feeding sustainability? Where are they connected exactly? I mean, I think, for, I think everybody understands this, but it's much harder to make something more efficient than it is to just implement a feature or a capability. It takes a lot of expertise, a lot of understanding of uh, the underlying hardware platforms, how long end-to-end -end systems work together in order to really make things more efficient. And so, so in many cases, you know, there's this sense that uh, making things more efficient, reducing cost of goods sold is kind of drudge work or boring work. Uh, I see it completely the other way around. I think making things more efficient requires, truly requires you to think outside the box. It requires you to leverage uh, a lot of the sort of uh, tools that you get from the modern processors, network cards, you know, specialized hardware, even the ways in which you can match uh, customer content or compute to different kinds of hardware, whether, you know, whether you serve something from close by or further away, because further away might actually be better from an efficiency and sustainability perspective. And so you have to balance a lot of things and be, be very, very clever when you try to make things uh, more efficient and more sustainable. And, and so it's been, it's been a long-term project for us. And I think we're kind of getting there within Akamai at least to convince people that 
that it's not a choice between, you know, it's not you're innovating or you're making things more efficient. Making things more efficient is actually pure innovation. And so that's that's a big deal for us. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it kind of follows through on, on a lot of the work we've always done to make our platform more efficient. I mean, for, for the longest time, we did that because that reduced our, reduced our costs. And especially for a long time, we were not a profitable company. Uh, you know, we were always seeking to sort of reach different levels of, you know, whether it was uh, EBITDA positive or, you know, or, you know, even in eventually actual profitability that efficiency always mattered to us. And, as a profitable company, uh, we are constantly pressured for margin. So it's been in our sort of uh, ingrained in our mindset to try to keep th th making things more efficient. But, but like I said, we learned uh, a few years ago that making things more efficient is really hard. And so, so we put we put a lot of our best engineers on on these problems now because because it really it really is a hard problem to solve. That's very interesting. And um, as a content discovery network, how do you see um, CDNs evolving in the future and uh, you know being more efficient? What is your perspective? What are some investments that you'd like to highlight and trends that you see from a sustainability perspective? So let me talk about the, uh, the network side ones or the, the, you know, the server side ones first. And Mike can talk about, you know, sort of the overarching umbrella of, of projects and efforts that we have. But I said a few things earlier about making things more efficient. And making things more efficient means really looking at the entire sort of adjacent space of, of hardware and software to see what are the right combinations that we can leverage to, to make our platform uh, perform better, right? And so whether it is uh, looking at the different features and you know subsystems that the processor vendors put in, whether it's looking at leveraging uh, compute capabilities on sort of auxiliary hardware like network cards or routers, whether it's actually changing direction to go towards FPGAs or ARM processors. So there's a lot of work on just the hardware space that we that we look at. But but then there's an end-to-end -end, uh, sort of aspect to it. What we do just on our servers can only get so far. But we want to look at all the way out to, in a mobile network, how does that content actually get out to a subscriber over the radio network? How does that, what does that mean for battery utilization on devices? What does that mean for power utilization on the mobile network itself? And, and we're looking at essentially building integrations that can make the end-to-end -end, uh, systems more efficient. Right? When do we leverage one kind of transport versus another kind of transport? Uh, those are, those are big questions for us and, and something, you know, we really uh, focus our research on. Yes, something I can I can add to that too, and you know, Vinay there, and uh, you, you know I think that that really gives the the wide per, perspective of a lot of you know of the evolution of what's happening, and you know I just I think of the things that I think of the engineers doing day in and day out, right? Is is looking for opportunities, figuring out ways where we can not only be more efficient in our operation, but bring innovation in, into the picture 
to really kind of build uh, a platform of the future. And I think like, as an example, I just had a dis discussion with our hardware engineering team on a, uh, on a very specific piece of hardware that they're working on here for the, for the, for the future. And understanding just you know, some of the efficiencies that they've been thinking about to be able to incorporate into that hardware and, and understand the overall impacts and, and just kind of have that backing behind, you know, this is gonna bring a more uh, efficient Akamai network, right? Having having those underlying principles in the back of their 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 head as they're innovating, as they're you know, designing, uh, and as they're starting to spin up spin up projects, that's that's kind of the the consistency that that, that we see across you know, the business, really in in all of the engineering efforts that are underway today. Right? They're they're actually thinking they're 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 making a conscious effort of of how they can kind of evolve the 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 future here with with bringing in innovative products and services that are efficient that use the resources that that we have that can really kind of build on what akamai already has here right which is uh, a worldwide dis, dis, distributed platform that's that's everywhere and i think one of the things that that mike and i really are trying to sort of uh push forward with is to bring other major technology companies to sort of care about these things as well. Bring the standards bodies in to care about this because, because there are a lot of people who look at uh, you know, specific shortcomings of today's solutions, whether it's in terms of uh, you know, quality, whether it's in terms of security, they look at uh, the new standards that they propose from, from only those angles sometimes. And what we want to do is be able to talk about in energy efficiency or sustainability in the standards process as well, because I think that will matter quite a bit. That's an excellent point. And talking about standards itself, so um, measurement is key to every effort around sustainability. And this goes back to the point that we discussed earlier about what customers have been asking as well. So what are some of the most crucial variables that customers have been asking of you and what are you um, measuring um, as part of your sustainability efforts the most? Certainly, yeah, I can I can dig into that one. Um, you know, I think, I think it's very interesting because you don't really necessarily have a single customer that asks for a single thing that's the same. Um, and the reason is, and, and you know, I think this is all because of the different uh, reporting structures out there, the different approaches, how different companies look at this, how a consumer products company, as an example, looks at it uh, to uh, um, a travel sector customer, right? Um, Different, different asks, different questions, different effects in, in their overall measurements and overall goals, right? So, I, you know, I think overall, when we when we focus on on critical variables and we look at opportunities there, we we really look at two things from from Akamai, mainly because um, electricity usage is is our largest impact, and and carbon emissions output from that electricity usage is is the is the after product, right? So. Measuring those those and being in, in 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 a constant way to understand what the overall utilization of power is and understand our overall carbon emissions output really helps translate a lot of the questions to what the customers end up asking. Whether it's um, something related to our, our our carbon emissions or something related to the energy usage and what percentage of that energy usage is renewable, or uh, we want to know individual lo location based emissions. You know, focused on some really granular. Data, data, data points. Uh, we've, we've, we've really heard um, a lot of different variations, really on the same two, two common questions. One being energy, and one being 
carbon emissions. I think the other things as well, and you know, you know, I think of just just being a, a responsible supply chain partner ourselves. You know, looking out and understanding what 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 customers are looking for and customers are asking for. You know, you could be asked things that are are related to your environmental movements, but then also be be looking at opportunities where. You know, folks are asking for for things related to your your life cycle emissions as well. So when you're up and downstream too, I've I've had customers ask for life cycle analysis for um, a full understanding of their impact, uh, even from our from our scope scope three as well, which I I, th I think is uh, probably some of the largest um, and, and the most in depth data driven requests that we've gotten to date in this area. So I, I think the two variables, you know, to, to really go and answer the the question, at least for us in our, our sector, really really come down to uh, how do we best account for our energy usage across the 4,200 locations where we have operations, and then how do we translate that into a usable carbon emissions output so we can have the highest level of impact when we're trying to mitigate the overall uh, emissions output from the Akamai platform. Right, and I think the, the customer metrics sometimes can vary, uh, you know, from customer to customer, uh, you know, Mars sales of sector to sector. We've always internally tracked basic metrics like uh, throughput served per watt, uh, server throughput per watt, or, or you know, power consumed for uh, specific kinds of compute or things like that, because th those basic metrics allow us to sort of look at efficiency over uh, much longer periods of time than than specific things that a customer may care about or a new metric that that you know somebody just thought of. Yeah, that's interesting. And in fact, something that uh, we just mentioned on the range of frameworks that exist is um, is is something we hear quite a lot from a variety of industries and clients as well, especially the regional differences in the reporting uh, mandates and requirements. What reporting frameworks are you using as Akamai and um, how did you arrive at uh, deciding on what frameworks to use? Yeah, so for, for our greenhouse gas accounting and, and that type of thing, we're using the greenhouse gas protocol today. Um, and, that's, and that's really, in my mind, the, the, the gold standard. Uh, you know, I think it's a very, um, I think, I think it's a very kind of succinct approach in being able to measure um, emissions and emissions output. But Akamai as a whole, we, we look at uh, a variety of different ratings agencies. So we report to uh, SASB GRI today. Uh, we do put uh, comments in about uh, the UN Global Compact and uh, um, also the UN Sustainable Development Goals, you know, all, all, all kind of critical areas in the, in the overall evolving of the world spectrum here on the on the environmental front, I think I think the other end of that too. You know, thinking of the reporting agencies today, uh, we are uh, we've we've been a constituent and a reporter of Fifty for Good, the Dow Jones Sustainability Indexes, uh, CDP, um, and we also look at a variety of metrics that involve investors and um, and, our, and our stakeholders in that front too. So MSCI, ISS, Sustainalytics. Um, all of those individual tracking agencies as well. So, so to really set the overall standards and, and, and understand what was really beneficial for us, the greenhouse gas protocol really helped us with um, underlying to what we needed to accomplish as a business. It fit the bill for, for what we were trying to account and how we were trying to account it and then how we were trying to display it to our, to our stakeholders. 
uh, it really checked all the boxes there. So our, our whole method of, of calculation on, on the emission side uh, is based off of the greenhouse gas um, accounting standard today. That's great to hear. So, so far we've touched upon sustainability and innovation, um, how being more efficient leads to being more sustainable and um, what customers have been asking through RFPs and the specific types of uh, measurement requirements that you have and what reporting frameworks you use. Um, let's talk a little bit more about the organizational structure itself to bring about a focused sustainability strategy. Um, I think you'll agree that a focused team that looks at sustainability is essential now that there are various frameworks to consider and various skills that are required to bring the different groups within an organization together to focus on sustainability. So what are Akamai's lessons in putting together the team that you have? Where does Akamai's sustainability team sit within the broader organization? It's a great, it's a great question. And we've, we've actually just recently kind of shuffled things around for the overall benefit of the company, I guess, too. Vinay could speak to this, too. Um, but yeah, we, we've, we've really set things up to be um, an efficient, well-oiled machine. And we really focused in on, on, on some topics that were truly um, you know, you know, truly mattered to us, mattered, mattered to our business, mattered to how we, how we, how we functioned, how we showed up as a global citizen, right? Um, and that, and that really came out in our, our overall strategy of our pillars, which is the network, community, and su supply chain pillars, uh, which, which, which really kind of brought out um, the overall areas in which you know, we wanted to, to focus on. So then we worked to kind of develop operational skill sets around that to say, okay, we need folks focused in in this area and that area. Got got buy-in from from various places around the company. Got it embedded into the marketing efforts. Worked very closely with the engineering teams and the and the networking team, which I was just recently on. And we've actually evolved this this entire practice now into the legal office, uh, focused on a, a a brunch of of wider topics and the reporting areas that are overall critical. So we can continuously improve and understand where we can make these integrations into the overall team, right? So it's not necessarily something, and this is one of the things that I think a lot of organizations are, are trying to grapple with today, is to figure out how to best embed the sustainability efforts into the business. What's the best spot to put it? Is it an engineering capacity? Is it a uh, health, health and safety capacity? Does it sit with your buildings and grounds people? Does it sit with, you know, your your facilities folks? Does it sit in the legal organization or, or in an operational focus, right? It's all of these individual areas that people kind of have to think about and understand, like, how many areas is this group going to touch at the end of the day? What is the best spot? Where are they going to be best poised to uh, excel? Uh, and that's where, where we landed with is that that we ended up in in legal, uh, kind of the, the net neutral, as I like to call it, uh, of the overall organization. Great. Um, on that point, um, do you have any challenges or lessons learned that you want to enumerate something that you know now that um, you wish you knew uh, in the beginnings of Akamai's uh, sustainability journey? Yes, certainly. And I'm sure Vinay can add a, a few of these on as well, but um, I'll start off with, with, with mine. Um, I think one of the the major things is, is that there were so many individuals at the company interested in these topics that it just took a long time for us to uncover it. 
Um, and I think, I think really on that front, it's not necessarily a shortcoming. It's that we actually thought we were reaching the audience that we needed to reach uh, to really have an impact when we kind of figured out we could have more, more of a broader impact uh, with kind of digging into these organizations a little bit deeper. Uh, so what do I mean by that, right? Getting, getting the word out, talking about the strategy, giving, giving people an understanding of what the overall meaning of the program is, and not just necessarily giving them the, the marketing fluff, right? A lot of ways that that came across, I think, in a lot of the organizations in which we were trying to reach, it was more like, oh, this is kind of a marketing ploy, or this is something that the company's interested in today, but will they be interested in, you know, in the long term? And you know, I think overall that that's that's certainly changed just with really getting into the nitty gritty of of what we're trying to work on and what we're trying to solve. I think that the stakeholders, especially on the internal side, you know, thinking about our employees and the folks involved now, have really rounded the bend because they understand what we're digging into, right? I think on the other case in point of that 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 too, one one of the things I wish I knew at the beginning was really kind of identifying. Um, all of the main stakeholders that, that that really took an interest in this. It's something that um, I, I certainly could have could have done a, a better job on, you know, starting a, a job in this world. Um, and I, I, I certainly think organizations should should really spend the time mapping that out uh, to really understand the stakeholders in your engineering organizations or in your IT organizations or your operations organizations understand who those who those stakeholders are who's who's the right player to talk to in finance and the risk management team and really get those those folks involved uh in the program so they can help be a champion of it too um, i think that would that would be my main takeaway so i think yes uh I, finding out or understanding who the major stakeholders are across the company and and really getting them on board and getting them to help and participate in the right way was probably our biggest learning. Uh, because for the longest time, making things efficient meant making things cheaper and improving alchemized margins. I think the engineering side was, was always aware of the importance of this work. Uh, I mean, there's always been challenges about, you know, whether you build new features or whether you uh, prioritize efficiency work, but, but at least at a high level, we understood uh, the, the payback there. But to, to when you go broader and when you're talking about sourcing uh, sustainable sources of energy, when you're talking about uh, cleaning up your supply chain, you'll have to look much more broadly across the organization. And that's, you know, that's been our biggest sort of uh, learning of the last year or two. Great. Well, thank you both for joining us today, for sharing those lessons learned and all of the valuable work you're doing at Akamai. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to Forrester's What It Means podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. To continue the conversation, follow Forrester on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.